Okay, welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Dr. Kate Watson, and I'm your host for this week's episode, circling back to the concept of trust. You know, it was about a year or two ago, I recorded an episode with our good friend Melanie, and we were talking about what I'm going to call big trust. (laughs) the kind of trust it takes to be in an intimate relationship with someone, the kind of trust it takes to bond with people in really meaningful ways. Uh, We were talking about the kind of trust that is built over a long period of time. Today I thought we might talk about what I'm labeling micro-trust. I think I made that up. I'm not sure if that's a real term. But this is the the little trust, the lowercase t trust that it takes to even have like a decent conversation with someone. Um, The kind of trust it might take just to ask for help in small ways or to accept help in small ways. The kind of trust that might exist between colleagues and coworkers who maybe open up to each other at the copy machine. Um, you know, not, not best friend trust, but trust enough that, you know, two people might be willing to share something. Um, maybe this is the kind of trust that exists between neighbors who share more than just casual hellos in the driveway. I think even that kind of trust, even, even what I'm calling micro trust, can be difficult to establish between people who start off as strangers. It often feels like a big leap to take between like, hi, I've just met you for the first time, we're shaking hands and exchanging pleasantries, to enough trust that I might tell you I'm having a bad day. Um, We're not saying these relationships need to escalate to the kind of trust where now you you trust this person with your life. Uh, But again, micro trust, maybe trust enough to say I'm really struggling, I'm having a tough time, things like that. So I have a couple of tips. First, I think everybody would do themselves a big favor by just adjusting their expectations. If you're expecting someone to trust you, even in this micro way, within the first meeting that you have, your expectations might be too high. These things still take time, maybe not as much time as it takes to build a a friendship where you consider this person family, Uh, but it still takes some time and it should take time. It's actually a good sign when people are careful with who they trust. Uh, So when you meet someone who is maybe a little guarded, try to see that as a positive thing. Let's not assume this person has a brick wall built around them and, and they've closed out the world. Maybe they're just responsible with their boundaries and you're still a stranger. You're still a new person. I think you might be lucky to meet a friend like that. My second tip is to go first. You know, I often hear people ask the question, you know, Kate, how do I get people to trust me? 
And we don't spend nearly enough time thinking about how we can offer out some trust first. Uh, so I would say share a little bit about yourself as a way of showing trust in the other person. Break the ice. You know, when your neighbor says, hi there, how are you? Maybe say more than just good thanks, how are you? Try and build a little closeness with this person by saying something like, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm better now that the sun is shining. Um, you know, all that rain really ruined my softball game. Something like that. You know, basically you're showing interest. You're showing that you're a real person with real interest of your own, hobbies, um, things that can spark a longer conversation. You can't always wait for the other person to open up to you. You might need to go first. My next tip, I think, is my favorite and perhaps most important one. Uh, I've learned that this is so useful in my life. And this tip is about transparency. So I recently asked an acquaintance of mine, uh, what are you doing this weekend? And I could tell that she seemed hesitant to answer. And I can only imagine what was going on in her head. Um, we don't know each other very well. I mean, I would call her a friend, but maybe not a very close friend. And who knows, maybe she was worried I was going to ask her for a favor, like, hey, can you drive me to the airport or help me move? So maybe she didn't want to admit that she was free over the weekend. I, I'm just taking some guesses, but I could tell there was a little distress on her face. And when I saw that look on her face, I quickly said, let me tell you why I'm asking. I have two tickets to a concert that I'm giving away for free, and I'm just checking around to see who's interested. And by being transparent, by saying, let me tell you why I'm asking, she can then answer with some confidence that she isn't about to fall into a trap. Uh, so my transparency built some trust for her. She felt like she could then choose her footing correctly. This happens in my relationship too. You know, sometimes I ask my husband like, oh, what time do you think you'll be home from work on Thursday? And I watch him like struggle to answer. And I think it's because... He thinks he needs to be accurate, like down to the minute. He goes, uh, uh, well, um, so, well, my last meeting ends at 5.30, but, you know, it could run over. And even if I leave on time, th there might be traffic. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure. <sighs> and like, I hate watching him sweat it out over such a simple question. So I've started asking it in a different way. I say... What time will you be home from work on Thursday? And let me tell you why I'm asking. I know you'll be driving right by my office on your way home. And if you think it might be sometime between six and seven, I might ask you to pick me up so I don't have to take the bus. And then he very easily and calmly says, oh yeah, sure, it'll definitely be between six and seven. I, I can definitely come grab you on my way. My transparency about why I'm asking helped him keep calm. He didn't have to feel put on the spot, pressured to get it right. He trusted that he could just answer without causing a lot of stress. My last tip is don't give up. You know, I think we said this before when we had our previous episode on trust, but for better or worse, trust is not a dichotomous fixed thing. It's not like you just check your trust box or you don't. It ebbs and flows. And just when you think trust is gone or hopeless, something can shift. 
and it will start to grow again. And unfortunately, the opposite is true. A relationship that was once strong can weaken. In our previous episode, maybe a year or two ago, when we spoke about trust, we, we called it something kind of like a bank account. And we said, when we do things to build trust, we make a deposit. And when we do things to break trust, we make a withdrawal. And if you're ever feeling like the bank is empty, don't quit. Just try and make a few deposits with your actions. Thanks, folks. That actually concludes season nine of our podcast. We're going to be back in the fall with season 10, hopefully with some big changes in store. I want to, I want to make some, some big advancements for season 10. And so I think that they are things you will notice right away. Um, and that will be coming out uh, around mid-October. So I look forward to taking this spring and summer off to do some good work, do some good planning for the podcast, uh, record some great content for you so that we can release it come fall. In the meantime, be well, my friends.